0: What up guys, Lisa here. Okay, today on Relationship Theory, Tom and I discuss our competitive natures and how we actually use them to come together to build an incredible relationship and encourage each other, as well as how we push each other to show up as the people we always say we want to be. We discuss how we use this tactic to strengthen our relationship, how to be competitive while pushing each other, and ultimately, guys, how to be each other's biggest cheerleader. Welcome to Relationship Theory. Even if you understood where I was coming from, you tried to convince me to think about it your way, and that ended in disaster time and time again. Hey,
1: everybody. Welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. Hi. I'm your co-host, Tom Bilyeu, and I'm here with Lisa Bilyeu. What yes. is up, homegirl? How we doing?
0: Good. This is from Daniel Breeze. How would you approach compromising with your partner if there's a fundamental value disagreement? For example, one partner wants a big wedding, the other wants a small one.
1: Yeah, Um, collision of values as we call it. So when, and these are the, I find like from an anthropological standpoint in our own relationship, I find them the most fascinating. When we have a collision of values where it's like, You want something and I fully understand. You've articulated it. I get it 100% and I vehemently disagree. And then what do you do with that? Um, So a wedding to me is really easy. Um, And that is, but uh, I I see how this could get complicated. So let me answer it at a high level. To me, this is me. To me, a wedding is for the woman. So it's like whatever you want. Now, there might be like for me, the videographer like was a thing. I really cared about that. The cake was a thing that was back when I ate sugar. So it was like I wanted that to actually taste good. Um, But beyond that, it was like, yeah, I get it. Like whatever you want. Now, when if it kicks in and the couple's paying for their wedding and it's like, God, if we do a big wedding, it's going to be very expensive and all that um then that can get tricky if it's like money v wedding
0: right and that's the thing I was was gonna say like what is the real reason why you want a big wedding and what is the real reason why you want a small wedding right like the real reason like I've been dreaming this all of my life right? so I really want to like that's like an emotional thing that I don't know if that woman can ever let go of right if if you say like I don't want a big wedding because it's too much fuss or whatever. And the woman's been dreaming about it. Like she's never going to forget that.
1: Yes. Very good point. And I think that's exactly what you have to do. You have to break it down. Like, okay, what, what are the honest values? Like what values are actually in a collision right now? Um, and then just working through them. So let's assume for a second that the collision is money. And I've been dreaming about this my entire life. In the moments where you have value collisions, that's the time where you really get to earn your reputation with each other. And remember, whatever happens in that value collision is gonna carry forward. So you're gonna learn something about each other and this is important. So I would want you to learn, and I see it as a part of my identity, to really try to find a way for us both to get what we want. So I'm not gonna draw a line and be like, you yeah, fuck you mother fucker. Like, this is what I want. This is my value. You've not convinced me. I am what? utterly unconvinced. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're having a small wedding. It's just how it's going to be and we're going to save the money. Um, you want to find a way. Okay. Oh, okay. So this is, you've been dreaming about this your whole life. So it isn't like you need a lot of money spent. So if we can find a way to get you the things that are really important to you, but maybe be more budget conscious than we would have been otherwise, like you're okay with that. Yes. Awesome. And then you start working backwards. Also for me with my value system, even at our poorest, I would be thinking I can always make more money, but this is the only wedding I'm ever gonna have. So this is very specific to this thing, but like just to give people an idea. So I would try to be budget conscious because I certainly don't wanna be stressing out. I don't wanna put myself in a position where I can't pay rent, all of that. Um, So it may be, okay, like to, we can invite 200 people to the wedding. Absolutely, like if that's your thing, Um, but the date of the wedding now has to push back six months, a year or whatever. And we're going to save this amount of money every month. And we're going to put it towards a wedding. Mm -hmm. Can we agree? Like I'll do half, you do half, whatever, like that looks like, but like, this is how much we'd have to save so that it doesn't become stressful. So would you rather have 200 people? Would you rather have 150 people and get married now? Like wherever that sort of falls, where can we cut money? Like what's traditionally like the pain point? How can we reduce that? Um, and doing like, so for instance, one of the, if I remember right, like the, the big expenses at a wedding are venue and food and drink and the wedding, yes, potentially. Mm, It was expensive, but I think it's like a grand anyway. Okay. So that one maybe is harder to deal with, but like you could, for instance, say, Hey, our gift registry is essentially bottles of wine to be brought to the venue. Um, doing things like that where it's like, okay, we're forgoing the traditional gifts, but you All find right, so ways to so take it, because
0: we don't have long, take it beyond just wedding then. Okay. So if you've got fundamental disagreements...
1: This is why most business advice sucks, because to make it general enough, there, no one can actually go act on it. So the only thing that's universal is when there's a collision of values you have to get into a situation where each of you are assessing the importance to which that value means something to you and where the compromise lies. But this is what I this is why to me in a relationship you need to be somebody's number 1 because it's all these little compromises like you're going to compromise compromise compromise.
0: And the one thing we don't do is make the other person feel bad for what their value is. Yeah. Like that's, that's I think a recipe for disaster. Like and don't, don't entrench don't- in your
1: position. Like really try to see, like the other person might have a powerful insight into how you can get what you want, but it's like a little different. Also, and if you feel yourself entrenching, it may be because you've actually misidentified what it is that you actually want. And so you've identified and stopped that, that like the culturally acceptable thing. Mm. Um, Cause let's really make it crazy in the wedding example. Maybe it's not she's been dreaming about this since she was a little kid. Maybe it's her dad never spent money on her and now she's got like a real thing about money. Or maybe he grew up in an unstable financial household and so for him holding on to the money is mm-hmm. a big thing. And I hate like doing the male-female thing, but just like to give yeah, you but an idea. Get to the
0: core of that right. actual reason. Exactly.
1: And so if like that's like then talk about that like you really have to go internal Mm -hmm. and identify like what's really driving and i find that the trigger for me to really self-assess and recognize that i haven't figured that thing out is that like as the person is solving the problem i said was my problem it's not emotionally addressing what i feel And so then it's like you actually haven't identified what's really driving this behavior. And it's scary how often like something other than what you've identified and maybe you even secretly know, but like it's not culturally acceptable, which is why we've gotten good at it's petty, it's ugly, it's childish, whatever, but it's real. And at least being able to confess that to your partner is so critical.
0: Right, and then if, even then, if we've been able to articulate and express and now we actually get where each other are coming from and it's really not about the wedding, it's about these other emotions that we've been carrying um, and we still disagree, like, that's okay. Like, the one thing that we've said in the past is, at one point, you used to always try to convince me, right? Like, you tried, even if you understood where I was coming from, you tried to convince me to think about it your way and that ended in disaster time and time again because it was like, Just, I really, like, this is what I believe. Like, stop trying to... Like I've heard everything you had to say and I understand everything you have to say, but I still disagree and it's okay. Like don't feel like now we're on completely different. um, We can't relate to each other just because we don't agree with each Mm other. Um, That's not the case. Like I completely relate to you. I just don't think the way you think. And then if you try to convince me, then you're like making me feel bad about the way I think and like, what am I not good enough anymore because I don't think like you. Um, And that was a big realization for you. Yeah. Don't try to convince me. Exactly. But still have the debate.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Especially like the thing I really learned was definitely don't try to convince them there in that moment. Mm -hmm. Like, cause now it's like, now you just, you're arguing, you're not talking anymore. Yeah. And yeah. And that's like something that the need to do that has really dissipated as I've gotten more secure in myself. Mm. So yeah, earlier in our relationship, I remember thinking, Jesus, like, this is a mess. Like constantly trying to convince you, it's making you feel badly about yourself. And I'm getting worked up. Like I'm trying to win, right. trying to be right.
0: And that's a big thing is like, not thinking about it of winning an argument or being right. right or getting what I want, right? Like me and you very often, well, we'll be talking I feel so passionately about something and I'm like, I just don't get it and you'll articulate. And I'll be like, stop, just listen. Just listen to what he has to say. And then if it starts making sense, and i'm like okay don't reply just keep listening keep listening and then then i need time to process i'll say to you i've heard you thank you for being so honest and articulate articulating it to me um i need to think about it Mm. and then we'll break free i'll go think about it and then we'll come together almost like as a conclusion like once my guard is back down once my emotion i'm back to like emotionally sober again and i can just repeat what you said in my head then i can respond with a either i agree or this is what didn't sit well or
1: right yeah and i've talked a lot about Being able to recognize the right answer rather than trying to be right in a business context a lot. Um, But it's maybe even more powerful in a relationship. Being able to to say mid-argument, you know what, actually, I totally see your point. You're 100% right. And do like a 180 right there in the moment. Like that's super powerful.
0: And if you do that more, I think that the other person ends up doing it more as well in the next discussion. For sure.
1: And then when you really like put your foot down and you're like I- I'm just not swayed I'm not convinced the other person's like dude like 70% of the time right. like when a compelling argument is put out there they'll change on a dime so mm-hmm. I n- they're not stubborn by nature so if they're really like saying like no this like this is really what I believe and I'm not swayed you know that it's not just them being stubborn which right. is nice we must be over time
0: yeah we are So basically, also project the behavior that you want
1: to receive. No question. Is the key takeaway there. Indeed.